Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio out of Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in one more time, another week. And uh, here at this, uh, just uh, recording, COVID has kind of locked us out for a little bit, but we've been able to keep every show going, David. Am I yes, right? yeah. absolutely. So I'm sitting here with my good friend and assistant, <clears throat> David Abood. Great to be here with you, John. Beautiful day today. Another show and yeah. another topic that we actually started last week, mm-hmm. but we want to continue because it's really like inexhaustible once you start getting into it and describing. Boy. We're looking at the names and the titles of Jesus, mm-hmm. the names and the titles of Jesus that we find in the Bible. And we started part one last week. We're picking up this week. I'm thinking next <clears throat> week we may have a special guest, mm-hmm. and then soon enough we're going to be into the whole Easter season. So I want to really focus on the prophecies in Easter and everything that was going on in Good Friday, you know, looking at it from different angles. But that having been said, this is 89.1 FM radio. Again, it's WNCN. If you're having a difficult time hearing us, uh, you might just want to live stream us on your computer or your laptop, and that would be www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org, and uh, you should be able to pick it up pretty clearly like that. So, David, I know you've done a lot of research on this. Uh, we looked at the, I think we just got through five of the titles yeah. or names of Jesus. <clears throat> I was just looking at a couple here. The Alpha and the Omega, which is an extremely important title. You'll see that in the book of Revelation. I believe we focused on Bread of Life because that was such an yes. important title. Uh, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 and then he says he is the true bread that came down from heaven. And they were just moving along. I think we stopped. Uh, one of them was the bridegroom. But anyhow, I'll turn it over to you, and you just uh, will go from there. We'll just start uh, yeah. looking at it. You know, it is amazing. If you just look historically, <clears throat> this is a man that comes into the world right. 33 years. We have three-year window on mm-hmm. his ministry, which we would call the Gospels, and changes all of human history. We date our calendar uh, from his birthday, which means your birthday and my birthday is based right. on his birthday. Um just hospitals and leprosy and orphanage and universities and paintings and uh, you know great compositions of yeah. music all go back to this this one person right. and now now you look at his names and titles who, who would ever have this many names and titles not a king not an inventor not a no. uh, a general of a military but he's got all these titles and names, yes. and each one is descriptive of some attribute of Jesus. So let's go from there, and just, uh, Dave, you can uh, yeah, sure. do some of your research and right. tell us about Right, so when it comes to the name of God, the meanings for his name of extraordinary significance for us, John, mm-hmm. you know, you look at how complex, how amazing, vast, and awesome he is, and there's hundreds of names in the Bible that describe who God is, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at um, knowing God's name as believers, it's important that we learn and study the names of God and His Word. Psalm 9:10 says, "And those who know Your name put their trust in You, mm. for You, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek You." Those who know Your name. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but what I think, you know. What I have learned after reviewing and researching these names uh, and getting deeper in my faith, he wants us to know that he can. we can rely on him, that he is our cornerstone, uh, that he is going to be there for us as the good shepherd regardless of what's happening in our life, um, that he is the deliverer. You know, um, 
we waited for him to come uh, from heaven to uh, redeem us and give us eternal life. So really, when you take a look at all the names in the Bible, John, you know this better than I do. I, I think it allows us to deepen our faith that he is the one and true God. Mm -hmm. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Um, uh, and so we can rely on him. You know, th there's other leaders of other religious groups, but none of them have anything close to this in right. terms of, um, you know, the descriptions of their names or what the names mean. And even, you know, even if you look at Revelation 17, 14, it says the king of kings. Mm -hmm. These will wage war against the lamb and the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So he is the king of kings. Yeah, I think yes. that's an important uh, title. Right. Uh, because what's, what's interesting about that, too, is the fact that at his birth, Gentiles came and traveled a great distance to right. see this king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. You know, So at his birth, he was declared to be king. And at his death, Pontius Pilate even said, are you the king of the Jews? And, of right. course, Jesus would reply. Yeah. But that would be what he would put above his... They put the crime that you committed when you were crucified above. So everybody right. going by would see. And that's what it what it said. It was says Jesus of Nazareth, mm -hmm. a king of the Jews, yes. I N R I. Mm -hmm. And so at birth and at death, he is the king. And yeah. it uh, that's why he mm -hmm. has that title Son of David. We'll look at that in a minute. And yeah. David was the kingly line. But you know, we were talking Anyone could say they're anybody. I mean, I could say I'm Napoleon, or I could say I'm Julius Caesar. It doesn't mean I am. It just means right. I'm crazy yeah. or something. Yeah. But if Jesus claims to be the king, mm -hmm. one of the definitions of king, you have power. Yes. You have power. And you can do things that uh, normal people can't do because you have great power behind you and military and wealth and right. influence. So when Jesus comes, he displays tremendous power, kingly power, if you will, over not just nature and man, and prophecy, but you see him, uh, blind eyes are open, deaf yes. ears, <clears throat> crippled yeah. people can walk, mm -hmm. people with leprosy are clean, um, he can raise the dead, he can cast out demons, he can prophesy. He says in John chapter 13, verse 19, I tell you these things before they happen, so that after happen you might believe that I am he. So he's, yeah. he's, he's, this is all kingly display of power right it's almost like he's laying down these cards or evidence boom 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 and that whole thing of king and of course on palm sunday which isn't that far away that's what uh that was one of the things when he came in yeah. on that cult that they were yes. he was allowing them at that moment to receive him as king and there's a famous uh we'll look at a couple of verses but one interesting verse chapter is um chapter uh Psalm 110, and Psalm 110 says this, and again, this is written a thousand years before Jesus uh, it comes into the world, right. 3,000 years from where we sit today. Yeah. But he says here, the Lord said to my Lord, this is Psalm 110, the <clears throat> Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send out the rod of your strength out of Zion. But notice he's he is, he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father mm -hmm. until I make your enemies your footstool. Footstool is what kings had. The enemies have come down mm -hmm. and crouched down and indicate you were victorious. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, 
verse 5, same. The Lord is your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. So here he is in this kingly right. role. Uh, right. Very, very important when yes. we look at this title. And the son of David actually comes from 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7. There's this famous prophecy where God gives to David. Um, uh, it's coming to David. Right. And uh, he promises him an eternal house. Right. Uh, he's, he's actually speaking through the prophet Nathan. But he basically says, uh, verse 4, But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, uh, would you build me a house to dwell in? Of course, he won't. It'll be his mm -hmm. son. He says, but he says, he goes on in this same prophecy where he'll say, um, uh, verse 12, when your days are fulfilled, you will rest with your fathers. I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me my house for my name and I will establish my throne of his kingdom forever. <clears throat> I will be his father, he shall be my son. Uh, I will chase him. So he's going to have Solomon is going to be his son, but there's this one that's coming that's going to be eternal. But my mercy shall not be far from him. Mm -hmm. I took him and saw in verse 16. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. See, so they were always looking for this son of David who was yes. going to establish the kingdom forever on the earth. And even after his, his resurrection, the apostles will come to Jesus in Acts chapter 21. And they'll say to him, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? Are you, are you now going to establish your kingdom? Because you, you, you've risen from the dead and all of these things have happened. And of course, Jesus says, it's not for you to know. It's a future time. He's going to come back. This is important. He's going to come back one day as King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes. And that's why he says, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's that's what you do with royalty. Mm -hmm. How much more than God? And this is one reason, David. Why, man, David? That's cool. Uh, he's <laughs> called the son of David. Right. Remember, the people would cry out, blind people. Yes. They go, yeah. "Son of David, have mercy on us." Son of, mm -hmm. Well, they knew one of the things Messiah had to be was from the line of Judah, which was the kingly line. It was David's line. Mm -hmm. That's why he had to be born in Bethlehem. It was the uh, uh, birthplace of David, the kingly. Right. So they knew when Messiah came, they would call him, one of his titles, son of David. And so if you're blind and you're thinking, that I heard he's going by, he's coming to town today, you're thinking, he's coming. I'm going to make my appeal to him by calling him the son of David. Son of David. I'm, yeah. In other words, I'm one of your subjects, Lord. Heal me. Give me yeah. And of course, our Lord did. So when you see how these things fit together, it's what I call threads of tap threads woven together into the tapestry of the scripture. I mean, John, his titles go all the way through from Old mm -hmm. to the New Testament. You know, you see it's in Revelations, it's in John, you know, Hebrews, Ephesians, Isaiah. I mean, all these titles are throughout the, you know, the whole Bible. The, the name that I think is the most important um, is the name Yahweh that was used in Exodus 3, um, because, you know, when he was talking to Moses, um, he basically, you know, Moses asked him, well, who do I uh, tell the people sent me? And he basically said, Yahweh, mm -hmm. I am. Um, and it, when you look at uh, John 8, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 
So, you know, he was there in the beginning before there was any universe, before right. there was any world. Right. And so it ties into the king of kings and the power that he has. Um, exactly so, you right. Know, that, that, that's really important. Um, and all the way through John, right. we see him making these I am statements. Yeah. You know, I am the light of the world. Right. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread come down from heaven. When right. he makes those statements, uh, it's very offsetting uh, to the people around him. You know, they, they go, well, who are you to, to make these mm -hmm. kind of statements? You see him saying, and he goes, uh, well, they don't know who he is. They don't fully know who he is. He right. says here, like you said in John chapter 8, he says, um, uh, Abraham, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Well, mm -hmm. when did Abraham see his day? I mean, did, does he predate Abraham? Yeah, yeah if he's the great yes. I am. He says, truly I say to you, this is John chapter 8 again, before Abraham was, I am. Yes. He predates Abraham because yeah. he's he, he has nothing to do with time. Right. You see what I'm saying? He's just, yeah. there's no, and then as a result of that, last verse in chapter 8 of John, then they took up stones, they want to throw right. at him. They wanted yeah. to kill him because he's making himself to be God here. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think all the names that are given, you know, they describe what he does, how he acts, and how he moves in our lives. Um, you know, I just think the amount of titles that he has really uh, gives us a great description. It talks about his character. Uh, you know, we brought this up the last time. The Good Shepherd is really an important one in John ten eleven. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for uh -huh. the sheep. But really what that tells me, and that was the hard part about becoming a Christian, John, when you and I started talking, it was hard for me, given who I was, to just turn everything over to him. Right. And have confidence that I don't have to worry. I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to, you know, figure out what is the next step. We can do that with prayer. Sure, we got to be in this world. We have to live. But that was the most, I think... Um, regime shift that I had when I started to realize the best way to get closer to God is to have faith in him mm -hmm. and to trust him that he is who he says he is and that once we're Christian he's he's going to care for us right he's going to protect us he is going to be our good shepherd and if we have needs and wants he'll provide yeah and he uses like you say he puts that title on himself yeah in John chapter 10 where he says um I am the good shepherd. Well, right. anyone that was Jewish at that time, they would right away think of something like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. When he says, I am the good shepherd, he's he's taken that onto himself. You're you know, right. you can't really yeah. do that <laughs> right. unless you are indeed uh, the good shepherd. He's also called the great shepherd in 1 Peter chapter 5. Hmm. Uh, he This is assigned to him in terms of... Uh, 1 Peter he, chapter 5. Uh -huh. Maybe if you have it, verse... Uh, Verse 4. Sure. And he, again, this is an inscription to him, an attribute, what right. he's called here. So First Peter 5, uh -huh. verse 4. Uh -huh. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. See, now he's called the chief shepherd. Yeah. About, that has to do with his second coming. You see? So um, when when you study the, these, even the use of the word shepherd, is he... The, called the good shepherd. He's called the chief shepherd. He's called the shepherd of our souls in Hebrews. It has all of these different uh, 
connotations, so to speak, uh, uh, regarding him as shepherd. Of course, that meant a lot back then because oh, a yeah. shepherd, sheep can't protect themselves. It's like the king of kings, and now they're talking about the, the chief shepherd. It's the same thing. He's above everyone exactly right. and everything. Yeah. There's another way to say it. Yeah. So he's the he's the chief shepherd of, of our of our mm-hmm. of our life. He guides us. He protects us. Uh, he rolls over us. Um, here's what it says in Hebrews. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of his everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work. So here it's like he's working with us now. So when you see good, chief, and now here you see um, this idea of him being the, the, the great shepherd, yeah. great Chief. Chief so all shepherd, of these have right. different elements. And yeah. the reason we're studying this this morning, uh, radio program, because you could dive deep on each one of these, and it really has application to our lives today in a certain yes. capacity. And again, this is WNZN Radio, um, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM. And if anyone has uh, you know, any inclination to get into this and dig mm-hmm. deeper, I really would encourage you, because it, to me, it really strengthens your faith when you see oh, all yeah. these different titles and attributes that are assigned to the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and, and also in Luke 15, again, back to the Good Shepherd, where Jesus told a parable about a shepherd leaving 99 sheep uh-huh. to seek out the one that was lost. You know, he knows us, he loves us, uh, he has mercy on us, um, and he's gone to great lengths to rescue and save us. Exactly. You know, and, and so when you think about him, and then it says, you know, he's the Lamb of God. So he died in our place. You know, so for me, the path to my faith is the bloody cross. Yeah, right. It's the bloody cross. It's what he went through to be, you know, to, to come down from heaven. Um, God made man. And then the resurrection. You know, you have to look at the cross. Through the cross to the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. Right. And so is is being the good shepherd, he died for us in our place, and he rose again so that we would have eternal life. Right. Uh, what, else, what else is there really to know, John? Um, and and I, I think when you take a look at uh, all these names, you know, there's, I don't know, there's a couple hundred or more, right? Oh. Uh, probably more than that. Titles. Uh, different yeah. titles uh-huh. for, mm-hmm. for God. I, I think when you look at him, for me, it really built my faith because then I started to get a better understanding uh, of who God was, even the deliverer. If you look at 1 um, Thessalonians 1, uh, 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. There's so many strong, Emmanuel, uh, yeah. Isaiah seven fourteen. she will give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's key, right. Yeah. So let's look at, you brought up the Lamb of God. Of course, that's how John the Baptist introduces Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Well, right there, what is implied there? is the lamb who takes away sin, that right. sacrificial system. That's right. been, The Jews were very familiar with sacrifice because they had a sacrificial system that mm-hmm. God gave them in the temple. But if you see lamb, uh, it, right away it harkens back uh, to the Passover. Uh, the Jews were in captivity, slavery, for right. upwards of 400 years. Yeah. They, they had no power. They had no weapon systems. How are they going to get out? Okay, God raises up a leader named Moses. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he gives them a direction. After nine plagues, 
this tenth one to break free of Pharaoh. And, and we're talking 400 years of slavery. Yeah. He says, get a lamb, make sure it doesn't have spot or blemish, kill the lamb, catch its blood in a bowl, and then brush it onto your doorpost of your house, your dwelling. Mm-hmm. And then he says, go inside and consume the lamb and pack your bags, you're going to get out. You're going to be free from slavery. Right. So then God says, when my angel passes through the lamb, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. So they knew the lamb and the blood of the lamb granted freedom. Right. And so too in our life, Jesus grants us freedom to cover our sin, to take away sin from us, to break the hold of yes. slavery to sin we had. And then he says, it's very seriously indicating that Jesus had the Passover and he died on the Passover when the lamb was slain. Yeah. You know, perfect timing there. Uh, the way the Passover is said. And of course, he institutes the Lord's Supper, which is in a sense the new Passover meal. But he dies that Passover day. That lamb was slain. Yes. Perfect symmetry. Boy, is it ever. Perfect. But if when we study the book of Revelation, over 25 times that word is used, lamb, 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 lamb. That's a very consistent usage of uh, a title yeah. in the end of the book of Revelation. The lamb that was slain. The lamb on the throne. We studied all this, remember? The lamb as he had been slain. Yes. So the, the idea of a lamb is loaded with uh, meaning and uh, uh, constant. It, it really denotes a lot about the character and nature and ministry of Jesus. Yeah, and John, when we studied Revelations, um, I think we saw in the throne room, not, not I think, we saw in the sure. throne room that there's the bloody lamb sitting right next to God. You know, that you see that because, you know, that that is the sacrifice that he he made for us and it, it's like it just happened right it, it and what's the reason for that just to let the the non-believer understand that you can come to the lord at any time anytime you need to that there isn't a cutoff right, right? i mean a, so when you go up there god is saying look what i did for you and, and so it it isn't that correct though yeah the throne right room what we see there with well, the bloody lamb yeah, here's what John sees. You referenced <clears throat> Revelation chapter 5. Right. He's caught up to, in this, right. to the throne. He says, I'm caught up to heaven in chapter right. 4. He says, he says um, And I wept much because no one was found worthy to open this scroll, okay? Right. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Now look at these titles here. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. That means mm-hmm. he comes before David. Right has prevailed to open the scrolls. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, uh, seven spirits. So it goes from a lion to a lamb. It goes from, we know he's the son of David, but now he's declared to be the root of David, which speaks. Mm -hmm. He's of the tribe of Judah. So all these qualifiers... And then it, all these curtains are like opening. So and then it, there he is, the lamb as he was slain. Well, this is interesting on several levels, David. One, some have suggested he he's got he sees a he sees the Lord, but it's it's in mm-hmm. kind of symbolic fashion. But he, he the lamb as it was slain. Right. Now, when Jesus was risen from the dead, he he had a glorified body. He could pass through walls. He could whatever, you know. But his wounds were still on him. Remember what he told Thomas? Yes. Come, put your yeah, hand in me. So it's yeah. suggesting. Now, this is a profound right. thought, and, and we're just mm-hmm. you know trying to line this up with Scripture. 
that would indicate that the only thing man ever did on this earth that made it into heaven was what we did to the Son of God when he came here. Oh, yeah, boy. Now, the, uh, yeah. granted, we are mm-hmm. our children. Right. I mean, it could make it to heaven. But I'm right. saying the, it's not our pyramids and our aqueducts and our rocket ships and our microwave ovens and all these 90-story mm-hmm. buildings. It's what the wounds we put on the Lamb, yeah. the Son of God, which maybe means throughout all eternity we can look on that. And he's saying, I couldn't love you any more than what I gave. Right. I gave you everything. Right. So you know, there he is, uh, the lamb that, that was slain. That is a horrible picture, but a necessary yeah, one. exactly right. Or we would not have the opportunity to have eternal life with our Lord and Savior. And it's so, a finished sacrifice. That's is. why we don't yeah. sacrifice lambs today or goats today. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, David, the priest in Yom Kippur, he, he could go into the presence of God, the Holy right. of Holies, but he had to have a sacrifice first. Mm-hmm. He had to have blood. He had to wash himself. Once a year, he would go in. But through Jesus, when he died, when our lamb was slain, the curtain was ripped yes. into the presence of God. And it says in the book of Hebrews, now we freely come in. I mean, it's almost like the, one of the most famous pictures of the White House is with John F. Kennedy and little his little boy, John John. Right, when they John opened Jr. the bottom of the cabinet. He was playing, he yeah, was really close to yeah, the I most powerful that. man in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I could not go. We no. couldn't even get to the white. We can't even get to the outer lawn anymore. Right, the right. gates. If you start jump the fence, right. you're going to be arrested. If mm-hmm. you go further, you're going to be shot. You you can only get into the presence of that all powerful person, a president, mm-hmm. by invitation. You're an embassy right. worker. You're a very wealthy whatever. Right. You can by invite. You can go in. Right. But look at this little one. God is why because of the relationship. The yes. relationship. Same way, how can we come to God? Nothing, you know, we have no influence, but it's through the relationship we have through Jesus Christ. That was so important for me when you and I, when you started mentoring me, because I never thought I could go directly to God. See. I never thought I could talk directly to God, that that my sins could be forgiven uh, without going to a priest and uh, seeing them in a confessional. Uh, and then going back and saying, you know, X amount of our fathers, X amount of, you know, glory bees, etc. So um, it was, the lights were on after that. And uh, it is so, man, what a wonderful feeling to think that we can talk directly. And actually, Jesus, one of his titles uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 5 is Good. mediator for us. I'm glad you brought for that there up. there is one God and one mediator between God and, and men the man Christ Jesus, so we can talk to him, and he's our mediator with with our with his father. And That's our a father very good verse. You maybe yeah. read that one more time for the right. People. So so he's a mediator too for us. One Timothy two five. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Yeah, he so he yeah. gets between. He's yes. an advocate, right? And and you know the Bible clearly says the wages of sin is death. And we carried a debt before we came to Christ. We had right. a debt load, if you want to right. call it. Well, that's got to go somewhere. God's not going to just sweep it under the rug. There's right. got to be a payment. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus comes and he, he... Think about on Good Friday. Remember when Pilate yeah. says, I'm going to release to you. Right. I, they did this in Thailand. Right. On the king's birthday, they would release a prisoner or two. Right. Often uh-huh. foreigners would get released. Right. It's just the mercy of the king, right? And, and Pilate says, look... I can release to you one prisoner right now. Mm-hmm. It's Passover. Yeah. Who do you want? Yeah. They say, give us Barabbas. Right. He was a rebel, oh. a thief, a murderer. Yeah. And so 
Jesus uh-huh. took his hit. If you so when Barabbas walks out of that prison, he's a free man. But I wonder if he looked up later in the day and saw that cross up there and thought, man, he did nothing wrong and he got all that punishment. I did everything wrong and I'm a free man today. Why? Because we have this mediator, this one that stood between yeah. us and the wrath of God. Yeah. And so, John, it, it, just to extend what you said. So, you know, uh, Jesus prayed a lot uh, on his own. He was communicating with God and that was a big part of what he did in his life. Uh, he, you know, but he he prayed for us. If you look at Matthew nineteen thirteen, it says he prayed for little children. In Luke twenty two thirty two, he tells us that he prayed for Peter's faith to remain strong. And in John seventeen, Jesus the high priest prayer, he prayed for his followers and for those who will believe in me through their message. Verse twenty, that's us. Yeah. And so he basically, as he ascended back into heaven. He still prays for us. His ministry on behalf of uh, uh, of us continues, Hebrews 7.25. So he's an advocate with the Father, and uh, he pleads our case uh, for one another. Yeah, so yeah. now he's in the role of an intercessor. Right. Yeah. In other words, he's. Uh, it, it'll say that uh, even in Hebrews, it talks about him intercess- interceding <laughs> for us. Right. You see, um, he says, moreover, he predestined these. He also called, he... So, therefore, what you quoted in Hebrews is the idea that he ever liveth make an intercession for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. That's why we really pray to him alone. You know what I'm saying? We pray to the Father through the authority or just on the basis of Jesus. That's why we have entry and as we're guided by the Holy Spirit. That's why we really should never pray to an angel or pray to another being or something like this. Because, number one, they're not omniscient. You see, God is all-knowing. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your words before you speak them. And he's omnipresent. He's in Cleveland, Ohio. He's in Cairo, Egypt. He's in Bangkok, Thailand. No no angel could ever say that or holy person or a saint. But Jesus is everywhere. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is God by attribute. And his name has incredible power. Uh, we were listening to uh, one of your uh, WEC missionaries in Africa, mm-hmm. and she was talking to us about when she ran into a demonic uh, force, mm-hmm. uh, she used the name of Jesus to defeat him. In the blood of Jesus, you've been defeated. And she kept repeating that five or six times, and the entity went away. Yes. And, um, you know, also what I have found, when I don't know what to pray, sometimes I just pray, Jesus, please help me with the situation. Right. I don't know what to pray. But you know what we need? Uh, you know, please help us. I, I put that in your care. Right. And I trust you to help us with the best outcome. So um, that's the way I do it. Yeah, I like uh, that, yeah. You know, because um, his name is has so much power. Mm-hmm. So much power. Exactly right. And, and, you know, I mean, that's there's no other name given under heaven by which right. we might be saved. It says that in the Acts of Apostles. But you're right, David. Even in terms of we pray in his name, we're mm-hmm. saved in his name. Uh, the power of the demonic, you know, we, yeah. we have the name of Jesus, you know, and uh, we should realize, you know, that's why blasphemy is so bad yes. to use God's and misuse oh my God's. Gosh. Uh, Does that upset me when I hear, you, you know what I've done hmm. since I've been a Christian when I, I hear the Lord's name in vain. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't tolerate that kind of talk in my presence. I'm very nice about it, but I can't just listen to it mm-hmm. because it's just not right. It's very offensive um, and, you know, I, I just don't understand it. Um, 
I don't understand why people do that. You know, what is the value of it, especially if you, you know. It's know a very, very serious here. offense. Yeah. It's the third commandment. Right. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Right. And nobody would ever think of taking, let's say, their mother's name or their grandmother's name or somebody that really right. loved and cared and, and sacrificed yeah. for them. But to do that mm-hmm. of the one who came and died and, and took all our punishment yeah. and to misuse his name, they, I mean, I think the demons shake you know, with that name is uttered like that because they know that you can't do that. You know, yeah. and uh, it's so loosely in popular entertainment and uh, very interesting. Somebody's done a study that you rarely ever hear uh, another religious founder like the Buddha or Muhammad or one of these Lao Tzu or That's Confucius a, yeah, right. used as a swear word, but Jesus, they do. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't understand it, but um, yeah, so it, it definitely uh, is bothersome. And I think if you start to go through, but John, it must be, it just must be lack of understanding of the importance of the name and uh, I guess ignorance into what what, 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 who Jesus was. Well, and before we come to Christ, did, yeah. we walk in darkness. Right. It That's says, only, yeah. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, if our gospel is hid to, his, right. to them whom the God of this age has blinded. And so we probably, na- I did it naturally. I mean, I didn't do it, I don't know, right. purposely, but it was just part of the vocabulary. It's mm-hmm. just part of the vocabulary today. And in, in, like I said, in I movies, yeah. in comedies, in uh, all this, it's just... And it's a terrible, terrible thing. But that's one of the indicators, I think, when a person comes to Christ, yeah. is their tongue starts getting cleaner. You know, where it, uh, yes. it's, it's like, once you know that Jesus hung on a cross and died for you and died for me, then you, you it's, it's not hard to start checking your tongue. Now, the other habits might take a little longer to get rid of, but that's a, that's a no-go. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, part of what we're really... What's the reason we're even doing these shows? What's the reason we're talking about the titles and the names of Christ? It's to allow us, the non-believers, and maybe believers that are not strong in their faith, to really understand what is going on here. Yeah, right. And the opportunity they have to follow Jesus Christ. And, you know, the sacrifice that he made for us. And the fact that we have eternal life. Right there. It's right there. The goal line is right there when you become a Christ follower. It's not a pipe dream anymore. And so, you know, one of the things that that I found in walking in this path with you, John, since you're my, you know, my mentor that got me here, Mm. right? And the Holy Spirit uh, got me here, combination with you and (laughs) the Holy Spirit. Um, I have a long ways to go, man, for sure. But what, what I realized, the more entrenched I get, the more we study these names, the more we understand Christ's sacrifice, the more you realize that the Holy Spirit is living inside you, and that is what's supposed to happen. We become a temple right. for the Holy Spirit. And when you think about that for one second, you start to realize, holy cow, watching all the time every action I take, right. every thought that's in my mind, every word that comes out of my mouth. And because we're sinners, I am not perfect at all. But I've definitely felt a change in my demeanor, uh, how I treat people, and also um, how I feel towards others. You know, I, I used to get upset with people, and you could just tell there was not good chemistry. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, oh, that guy's a, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and and now I pray for people where I feel bitterness and where I'm upset versus you know what I used to do. I used to wish bad things on. Sure, sure. And so that is a huge regime shift from being a non-believer to walking, you know, um, walking with Christ. The the one I like a lot because I talk to him like he's with me now all the time. Isaiah nine six. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yes. And, and, and those are, um, for us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the governments will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. I like that one. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. it interesting? It says... Yeah. All the governments of the world would be on his shoulder. Look yes. what's going on today. Aren't you going to be glad when he's it's on his shoulders? Yes. <laughs> yes. Every knee will yes. bow. Every tongue confess. And all he ever wanted to do was come here and forgive our sins and give us a life of purpose and flourishing mm-hmm. and influence. And we rebel. And love one another as I have loved you. That's one of the biggest commands. Exactly That right. is hard to do. Don't get me wrong. That is extremely hard to do for me. But when you think about it and you see all this unrest, I got to tell you, the the minnow in the water for me is, we just talked about this before the show, you know, right now we have the Ukraine uh, invasion going on with Russia, but you're starting to see, as you said, some of those troops, they're just giving up. They're saying, we don't want to be a part of this. And, you know, they're realizing, what are we doing here? You know, maybe that's what they're thinking. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not there, but that's where it comes down to. You know, we've been praying that the Holy Spirit comes into those countries, mm-hmm. that, you know, that God will, will have a significant event there. And sometimes you see the minnows in the water of what he's doing. Yeah. To let everybody see that there are good people here, that, yeah, this is a fallen world, but there are so many good people here with good hearts that care about others. Yeah, so when you talk about Ukraine and you yeah. see all that destruction yeah. and misery right. and death, for what? Mm-hmm. You're going to get a little bit more piece of land or part of this river? or so. right. What does that mean? I mean, God yeah. has given us so much on this planet right. to enjoy the oceans, the rivers, the plants, the right. animals. You know, he's given us so much to enjoy. Why, why would you, you know, you can see there's love built into mm-hmm. this whole system, but it's broken. <clears throat> That's why the Jesus had to come. And he has to restore it all, starting one by one. Right. You know, and, and you get that one. And that affects the family, and the family affects the more relatives to affect the community. But uh, you can see how Jesus' plan was. He didn't come. See, they, when he came, they thought he was going to uh, run the Romans out, just mm-hmm. going to get them out of here. I'm going to set up my kingdom now. Right. But he was after a world kingdom, right. not just limited to Israel alone. And he was after the long game, mm-hmm. not 100 years or 500 years. He was after thousands of years uh, to allow us to be part of this great plan. And, um, you know, that's another thing about our Lord. You know, he's, he, he says, come, uh, take, uh, he says, all you that labor and are heavy laden, uh, uh, come to me and I will give you rest. Yes. So another title that he is, he's the one that provides us rest. He goes, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He doesn't want us, uh, you know, torturing ourselves and, you know, staying up in the, you know, out in the cold, praying right. in the snow or something. He wants mm-hmm. us to live life and honor him and to, to reach out to other people. But he does want us to pray and be part of the fellowship. But I tell people that are listening, you you know, I didn't realize all this stuff till I was 27. I would went to church. I had a basic understanding. 
but I did not know what it meant to receive Christ into my heart, a yeah. new life, a new beginning, right. to feed on his word, to be in fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ here and around the world, to see prayers answered. Yeah. It's hard to tell. I think, I don't know, if an unbel- if a believer would have told me that when I was like in the army or something, I think I would have listened. But uh, it's hard to tell people that, all the benefits sometimes. And then knowing that one day you're going to die, but what a better way to die. I, this is another title. Uh, is somebody that calls himself the resurrection and the life. Yes. <laughs> I told, <laughs> I used to say that when I lived in Thailand. Yeah. I went to a village I was teaching. I go, if you want to rest in tr- uh, your trust in somebody, because we all got to die one day, Trust somebody whose title is not great teacher or rabbi, or the, but he's called the resurrection and the life. That means that life is not a period, it's a comma, and that the best is yet to come if you trust in Christ. Maybe somebody's listening right now, David, that's never really trusted yes. in Jesus Christ. They know a lot about mm-hmm. Jesus. Maybe they were raised going to church or like us, whatever. And, but never really knew what it meant to commit your life to Christ and to receive Him. Absolutely. You know, turn your back on your mm-hmm. world, sin, and He'll help you get power over sin. But then to, to receive Him by faith. The Bible clearly says, To as many as received Him, to them He gave the power and the privilege to become a child of God. And you can have a brand new life. I've yeah. never known anybody that was really serious about their Christian commu- uh, commitment that ever regretted it. Yeah, and you know, if you look at John eight thirty two, John, he's the truth, and uh-huh. you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you are a non believer, if you have addiction issues, if you think, if you are thinking you may want to hurt yourself, this is the path to freedom. This is the truth. The Bible is the truth, and it's we're victorious uh, over darkness. And you know, and that's one of the things. As I look at all this going on, you know, and you really, you really push that on me, John, because there's days where, you know, I just became a believer with you, what, about 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was raised, you know, I was raised a server boy, Roman Catholic. I, I you know, I, I did all of that, but I never knew the Lord. I never read the Bible till the past decade, you know, less than that, actually, because we met and I didn't really read it until you, you know, till you asked me to do so. So it wasn't even that period of time. But this is the truth. This will change your life. There will be hope for you. And you'll start to see little miracles going on in your life you just can't believe. And those are the breadcrumbs he yeah, gives us right. to say, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, the world looks crazy. Don't look at that. You know, it's kind of like when we were telling the stories, the miracles in the Bible where, you know, Peter was coming out, there was a huge storm, and they and they saw something moving on the water. It was right, Christ. Right. And then Peter's looking at Christ, uh-huh. and he's able to walk on water. Right. But when he stops his focus on Christ and the storm is hitting him, he gets scared, his human side, he falls into the water. Lord, save me before I drown. So th- this is what you get with uh, becoming a Christ follower and starting to get into the Word. You will get your strength. It allows you to keep your focus on Christ regardless of what's happening around you. And so that's really the armor you get, too. Uh, yeah, right. and, and we also are given armor from God, which is a whole nother show. But um, it gives us strength and it allows us to persevere in life with the so, challenges we face. So in Jesus, what you quoted there where yeah. he says, I am the truth. Well, yeah. that's another title. I am yes, the truth. That's right. He doesn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He says, right. I am the yeah, truth. Right. So th- th- that's the biggest issue today. What is truth? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, 
people are, are going all over the place looking for what might satisfy their yes. life or give meaning. Right. But Jesus is the truth. Yeah. And then that excludes all others. I always say two plus two equals four. It doesn't equal three. It doesn't equal 17. Once you have the truth, it excludes all others. Yes. So my point being that you don't have to search anymore. You know, like before I used to read philosophy and Eastern right. religions. Yeah. You know, once I came to know Jesus Christ, I didn't need that anymore. I, all I want to do is learn more and more about him. And like you say, you start seeing prayers answered in your life. But all of a yes. sudden, the Bible is open to you. Yeah. You couldn't understand this thing before, right? No. And now you see it's a seamless book. Oh, my book. gosh. You just keep diving yes. into it. You see how it's all these relationships, yeah. all these connections. you know. And then it, 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 what I like, too, is once you have it, not that we did anything great, but you have capacity now to touch another person's life for Christ and to see them changed mm -hmm. and they get their life going in the right direction. You know, that, that's powerful to me. Yes. Where you can just have a conversation, maybe you can uh, discipleship somebody, and not only them, but then they get married and they have Christ at the center. Then they have children, they have Christ at the center. Yeah. Then, then, you know, they have more and more influence and influence. That's powerful because you don't know yeah. where that's going to end up. Yeah, and especially in a time like this, John, right? In a world that changes from moment to moment, you know, um, does God change too? No. Uh, you know, I have some Bible verses, Hebrew 13, 8. He is constant. He doesn't change. You know, it's hard to follow a leader when you don't know if they're going to have mood swings right. or if you don't know if they have a physical ailment uh, driving their, their behavior. God does not change. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Malachi 3, 6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, old children of Jacob, are not consumed. Um, Numbers 23, 19, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and, he, and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? So anyway, there's one more. Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flowers fade but the word of God will stand forever. Amen The that. word of God stands yeah. forever. And that's, that's the eternal nature yes. of God. You know, we, yeah. we looked at this before, but right. um, like you say, David, everything is changing in the world today. Right. I mean, everything yeah. it is. And people are really shaking. I'm not saying we shouldn't be oh. concerned. We should be concerned sure. at a certain level. Yeah. But I always tell the people, when everything around you is shaking, hang on to that which, which does not shake yes. and is not moved. Okay, right. Here's what it says here in Isaiah 57. Mm -hmm. It says, For thus says the high and lofty one, the one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Now we know that's another title for Jesus, the holy mm -hmm. one, the holy one of God. You hear in the Gospels. Yeah. So he's saying, okay, I live in eternity, high and lofty. He's beyond the universe, right? Right. I dwell in a high and holy place. And then he says, and also with him who is contrite and is humble in spirit. Right. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So he, he dwells in eternity, yes. far above the universe. But if you have a broken and contrite heart and a humble heart, he'll come and dwell with you. Right. That's a powerful right. statement. Yeah. So it goes to that idea of uh, he's the eternal one. He's uh, before Abraham was, he is. You see, and uh, knowing these things, this this has really been helpful. These We did the last session yes. uh, and now this mm -hmm. session because I think it's good to refresh this in our own minds because it's causing me to look like, wow. Um, now, I know next week, God willing, we're going to have a special guest. And yes. I, we're going to go into mm -hmm. a little bit more of an Easter mode. 
we're going to look for one or two sessions for Easter. But I do think we'll revisit this down the road, David, about yeah. uh, these titles and names of Jesus. We just have a couple minutes sure. left. And again, we appreciate everybody listening today. This is WNZN Radio out of Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM. And like David said, our whole purpose in having this radio program, we really are blessed to have it. We really yes. are grateful to, yes. to Mark Ballard and the right. station for giving yes. us this. Yeah. Is to really strengthen our faith. Yes. You know, it's, it, A, if somebody doesn't know that they might know Jesus. Number two, if you do know Jesus, then to strengthen our faith, just like we strengthen one another's mm -hmm. faith. And it says in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, let us grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's so many, so much noise out there today. There's so many messages and media and social media. Sometimes you got to just zero it down to the Word of God. Absolutely. You just got to zero it down. You yeah. know, I always give the illustration. My first car I owned, I was 16, right out of high school. It was a, six, a 57 Chevy convertible. And the radio station, I always wanted to listen to Wixie 1260. That was a Cleveland station back then. But I would... I would put it on there, and I'd get in and drive, and the thing would drift to other stations. There was something wrong with the mechanism, you know? And it was like, that's like the Word of God. <laughs> you know, if you don't stay in it and on it, you know, and focused on a daily basis, you you drift. You yeah. listen to this, Ray, you listen to this, and this and this, and people, get, you're getting afraid, and, you know, watch the news, alert, alert, special this, and this is happening. And it just generates fear yes. or lies, and it's just... I'm not saying it's all lies, but you got to, like, like with my radio, I had to redial it back in and put it on point. I want that station. That's an excellent point, John, because one of the people ask me, what's the best way to get calm that you find to get calm? Now it's reading the Word yeah, and right. studying the Word. Right. It's the best way to get calm and to put things in focus. It just gets rid of all the noise. Oh, yeah. And I think if you're sincerely in the Word or you're studying the Word, the Holy Spirit blesses you with that peace. The peace so you can learn more about the creator of heaven and earth. And uh, because all we're supposed to do, the main commission that Jesus did when he ascended is he basically told us to create disciples, to go uh -huh. out and make disciples of all nations. Right, right. And so that is what he wants us to do. Right. And so all this war stuff, all of this uh, issues with the Olympics and all the noise you hear in the press is not the center of our focus. And it's kind of like Peter on the water. If you let it get to you, it will, and you will go under the water you can't focus on that stuff because that stuff is always changing. And what I wanted to convey today is that God is not changing. His word never changes. And if you understand that that's our leader, that that is our, our father in heaven, our savior, then you know what? It'll give you equilibrium yeah. in your life. I, one last uh, quote. Uh, he's also, his title is also the victorious one in Revelations 3.21 it says, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean. And he's wow. coming back on yeah. clouds of glory, which is a victorious. Uh, yes. But you mentioned uh, having peace with the word of God. Here's yeah. what it says in Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace mm -hmm. have they which love your word. Great peace 
have they which love your word. Yes. Not just yeah. peace, but great peace. Right. Jesus says this in John chapter 15. Uh, These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So he's saying, these things I have spoken to you that you might have joy. Right. That, that's a pretty powerful thing. Oh, you see? yeah. Because we live in a joyless world. Yes. Do we not? Right. We in, 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 it's just... It's so dependent, and, and people are looking for where can I get a little bit of happiness? Where can I get a little bit of peace? A drink here, yeah. drug there, a pill there, escape here, right. do that. It's all, it's all limited. It it's is. just just by nature. It's just not that. Yeah. But to me, this answer is short, That is short-term fuel. This is long-term fuel. Yeah, it's the sugar this high. This will sustain you regardless of whatever environment you're in, the Word of God and becoming a follower of Christ. That will sustain you. You can run whatever marathons you need in the future, and the energy source is God himself. Yeah, and Jesus says in John 7, Come unto me, all you that are thirsty, and I'll give you water. Living water will be coming out of you. Right. Because everybody's thirsty spiritually. Everybody's thirsty. But where do they go to quench that thirst? Right. You know, this philosophy, this new religion, this over here, maybe drug, maybe drink. But Jesus says, I give it to you. I can give it to you. And it comes out of you and it can actually touch other people's Mm -hmm. lives. So we looked at a lot of titles. Actually, there's a lot more we could go to. (laughs) Um, We're very happy you all listened. You know, this this radio program, you know, as we go into spring, which feels like it's just around the corner. Yeah. And then... uh, it's just a great time of the year because, you know, I was looking out the other day at these trees. They were covered in snow, and then it was real cold. Yeah, and there was icicles ice, hanging right, from yeah, It's really right. beautiful. beautiful. But now the tree in the front of my house is starting to put forth buds. Yes. And so, <laughs> and then in a couple of months, there'll be flowers on that thing and then right. leaves. I go, how is that thing programmed, David? I know. Does it have a microchip in it? Does it know I to know. do this year in and yes. year out and year in? Or is there a designer and a creator? Yes. How, it's just much easier. Yes. And, you know, and then to see how everything relates, to, it requires to take stuff from the soil. Then the birds come there, and they're going to take some of the seeds, and they're going to plant over there. And this great big orchestra of creation. How can that just happen? No, it can't. It can't, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, to, I find this time of the year is a great time of renewal. Yes. Uh, kind of hit the reset, as mm-hmm. they say. We're moving towards, you know, we come from Christmas you know, with the incarnation, he came. Then the new year starts. We're going, but then we're coming to Easter, and it speaks a new life. And the fact that we can be renewed day by day. You know, we can be renewed by the Word of yeah. God day by day. So thank you again for listening. Again, this is uh, eighty-nine point uh, one FM radio, uh, WNZN radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Next week, hopefully, maybe a week, maybe two weeks ahead, yeah. we have special guests. One is actually. Living in Thailand, yes, as that, a that'll be a great, ministry, that'll be a great show, John. Great testimony, yeah. and a couple others down the line we're thinking about. So God bless you all. God have bless a great you. Weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. You want to say anything, David? No, uh, okay. God bless, and uh, we're going to continue to pray for our country and the world. Yeah, yeah. And I leave you with one scripture. Always meant a lot to me. It was in uh, John fourteen twenty one. Uh, Jesus says, "He that has my word and keeps my word." Uh, shall be loved my father and I will also love that person and he says I will manifest or I will reveal myself to that person it starts with having God's word and keeping or obeying God's word and Jesus says if you do that uh, I will reveal myself to you amen some tangible yeah amen. all right God bless you all take care bye-bye